To me, self-publishing is really the route for most people these days to get some numbers on the board, to make some sales. But most importantly, I deeply believe, and I've said this since 2001, so for 19 years I've told people, and I practice myself, the ability for you to sell stuff on your own website is your freedom. The ability to sell stuff on Amazon's nice. You get a cut of money, but you don't get the lifetime value of a customer. The lifetime value of a customer can be hundreds or thousands of dollars if you have their contact information. Hey, it's Brendan dropping in here on something special. I think the most important thing you can do in your life is to train yourself for real personal growth and success. What does that mean anyway? Well, you have to train your mindset and train your discipline so you can follow real habits of success so that you can break through, so you can win the day more often, so you can crush through all those fears and actually unlock your real potential for abundance and happiness and power and joy. But how? Well, like all learning and all breakthroughs, you have to choose first to learn, to learn from the best, to invest in yourself, to do the work, to do the daily work. You have to train with the best, and that's why we created Growth Day's Mastery Program. Listen, we're going to train you to make self-improvement a real way of life to unlock your positive attitude and attributes at a whole new level, to get you way more productive and influential, to show you the life and career strategies that make you unstoppable and really work. But how do we do that? Well, every single week we bring you a new $50,000 or $100,000 keynote speaker, multimillionaire, or world's foremost expert to switch your brain into high performance mode, to teach you what really works in wellness, in health, in mindset, in productivity. People who really help you unblock and move ahead with really practical strategies for changing your life, your relationships, your health, your career, your mission, your purpose. Every month, we unlock a new course that would have cost you thousands of dollars to buy from other teachers on brain health or positive psychology or confidence. Every year, we give you free tickets to an unbelievable motivational and transformational seminar. Every day, I give you an advanced life coaching audio to keep your mind sharp, energized, focused, motivated, confident, ready to serve and to lead and to win and build your greatest future at the levels you dream of. And I promise you, you are capable of. Every day can truly be a growth day for you, but it takes mastery in life. And that's why we have our new program, Mastery Level in Growth Day. You can go to yearofmastery.com and it will direct you to our best program in Growth Day. This is for those who really want the advanced level, who really want to break through, who are tired of, hey, listen, podcasts are great, but training is another level. Go to yearofmastery.com. You deserve to join the world's number one membership for advanced personal growth and success right now. This is a membership of the real people doing the real work who have a positive mindset, a growth mindset, a willingness to be a role model, to be a leader, to serve, who desperately and deeply and joyfully love 
personal development, to challenge themselves, to push themselves, to achieve great things in life. Go to yearofmastery.com. Let's go. Yearofmastery.com. So excited to chat with you about publishing today. Latest insights, what I would advise, suggest, recommend if you're about to publish a book, how to go about publishing a book, how to think about that during this chaotic and turbulent time. We're in a different era, a very different era. And we have been in publishing for the last six or seven years, despite, despite publishing's radical attempt to avoid the digital era. Here we are. And you, as authors, as content creators, have extraordinary power, extraordinary power to release your information in so many ways that are so lucrative and so beneficial to you as authors or creators that never existed before. And my job today is to make you aware of some of those options that you have and why you might choose some of these options as you go about building your careers, building your empires, reaching more people with your message. So let's talk about publishing. Let's talk about your options in publishing. Let's talk about um, the benefits of the different options that you have. But I want to talk about self-publishing specifically with books because a lot of you have been asking about that this year. So this is going to be a session on publishing and on publishing books. Let me walk you through the options you have, the benefits that are there, and what I would specifically do at different stages of my career to leverage one of those options. Okay, first off, let's talk about publishing and book publishing. You have three options, okay? There are three options. There's the traditional option. I'll cover that. That's the traditional publishing path, which we'll talk about. You have the distribution model, which I'll talk about that. And then you have self-publishing. Three different options. Traditional, distribution, self-publishing. Those are your three primary options that you get to have. Let me walk you through what each of those means. Traditional publishing. That's what you all know. When you walk to a Barnes and Nobles or another retailer store or a small independent bookstore, which I hope you shop the small independent bookstores because that's what I do. I love them small independent bookstores. When you go in there and you see a book from Simon Schuster, Harper Collins, Random House, or one of those major big publishers, those books are provided and created through the traditional publishing route. As an author, here's how that works generally. As an author, you identify an agent that likes to work with books like yours. How do you do that? Well, you read books, like the books that you're writing, and you go into the acknowledgement section, and they always acknowledge their agent. And they say, thank you, agent. And that's the agent. You go to their website, and you follow their process for submitting your book proposal or your book which we'll talk about. That agent then goes to publishers, specifically they go to editors at publishers, who they think would like a book like yours. And that agent represents you. That agent represents you. That agent gets you a book deal with the publisher. And the agent takes 15% of your royalties for the rest of your life. 
of that for the rest of the life of the book. The publisher also takes the lion's share of all sales of your book. And you as an author might get anywhere between 8% all the way up to maybe 20% of royalty, of sales, right? So let's say a book sells for $10. Okay, a book sells for $10 on Amazon, right? And you publish through Simon & Schuster. Okay, well, Amazon's gonna take a little bit of cut. Simon & Schuster is gonna take the lion's share they're going to kick you anywhere between 8 and 15%, but out of the 8 or 15% that you get, you got to give 15% of your money to the agent. That's the traditional publishing route. It's why you think that authors would be wealthy when they're selling books at, you know, 22 to $28 on the internets, but that pop, that author is probably getting a dollar, maybe 2 or 3 dollars depending on their deal. So they're not getting a lot. Why would an author ever do that traditional publishing route? Well, because they think they've got a book or a platform that's so good that a publisher will give them what's called an advance. An advance means the publisher writes you a check up front and basically pays you to go away and write the book or go away and finish the book. Now, I learned the hard way. They actually don't write you a check with an advance. What they do with an advance is they say, we're gonna give you 30% now to sign this big long contract that guarantees we own your book for the rest of your life. Then when you turn in the book and we accept the book, that we love the book, we'll give you another 33%. And then the day the book comes out and finally hits the marketplace, we'll give you another 30%. And that timeline is usually 18 months. So if they say, we like your book, to the time they're going to pop that sucker on the bookshelves, that's usually 18 months of time, pretty standard. That's a long time, right? And it goes longer depending on when you finish the book. But usually when you turn in the last, when you turn in the final, final, final copy of the book, it's going to be between 12 and 18 months before they get that thing on a shelf. Why is that? because they're dinosaurs. There's no other reason. There's no reason in 2020 that that has to happen, but they're just old. There's no way around. And by the way, I love publishers. I have some major publishing partners and all of them readily admit they're behind the times in how long it takes to get a book to successful print and publication. They'll all admit it. A hundred percent of them will admit it. So That's the traditional publishing route. That's the traditional model. I'll come back to, uh, uh, well, I'll stay on that model for some of the benefits. Why is that a beneficial model? Well, one, if you don't want to ever deal with the major parts of printing, publishing, and distributing a book, that seems good. It feels nice to have somebody be your shepherd through that process because the publisher is going to design the cover of the book. They're going to format your Word document that you turn into them. They're going to format it into a pretty book. They're going to get it onto Amazon for you. They're going to get it onto Kindle for you, on EPUB for you. They're going to get it in all the formats out to the world for you. 
All you got to do is write the dang thing, make sure it's good, participate in the editing of the book, and then they, they take it from there. They do a lot of work. They do the cover, the formatting, the design. They get the book onto Amazon. They get it into stores, or at least they try to get it into stores. They're capable of getting it you know, into their retail distribution, and that's a benefit. In years past, having a traditional publication in, with a major publisher uh, helped you be more credible with traditional publicity. Traditional publicity meaning morning shows, talk shows, you know, radio shows in the past. Now that is definitely not as important as it used to be. And the credibility of you doing a self-published book or a distribution model, just as much. And as many of you know, traditional publicity doesn't move volume as much as it did. And traditional publicity, as you've seen over the last four months, who's watched a major nighttime television news show or morning show and seen them interviewing people on Zoom? Anyone see that? That's also part of the new world. That won't be going on. Remote appearances are very common now. And television and publicity, radio, podcast hosts, what do they want? Their dream isn't what publisher you are with. Their dream is you are credible, you are expert in your area, and or you're popular. You have a platform. You have social media. You have an audience that can drive participation or clicks over to their show. Today, your publisher has zero bearing on getting booked if you have a platform. If you have a popular blog, podcast, social media presence, that's way more credible to anyone booking you than who your publisher is. Let me do this as a test. How many of you, raise your hand, you've ever read any of my books, keep your hands high. Now, how many of you know with authority which books you read, who my publisher was for those books? <laughs> you see everyone's hands go down? No one cares. Listen, we sell thousands of books every day. They buy the book from an ad on Facebook. They have no idea who published that book. They don't care. Consumer, direct to consumer market could care less who published your book. No one says, well, was this Harper Collins before they click the link in Facebook and go to my page and buy my book? So for those who are scared about the credibility piece, I just want to remind you, we are in the e-com era of 2020 and we are in the publicity area of 2020. Credibility is not the reason you go with a traditional publisher. You go with a traditional publisher because you think they will make the process better and the book better. And for the record, the only real power that I believe that traditional publishing has at all, if there's any power that they actually have at all, I would say it's two things. One, they make the book better. They have editors who work on books all day long, all night long. They tend to make a book better. So when you submit your draft to them, they're going to help you make it way better than you turned it in. That's part of the publishing process. They make books better. 
They make the content better. Two, it's very unlikely they're going to screw up inventory, meaning they're not going to run out of copies on Amazon. They're not going to run out of copies uh, or inventory if you get a spike or surge. They're able to meet that very quickly. So for me, you choose a traditional publisher if you feel like you want help through that whole process. If you want an editor there to make the book better, if you don't want to deal with inventory at all, and if you feel like you could get a major advance that would make it worthwhile because you have a large platform specifically. Unless you have a large platform or you already can prove you've printed and published a lot of books, you're probably not going to get much of a book advance these days, right? A large book advance these days is anywhere between $15,000 and $40,000 is considered large these days. Meaning publishers don't take bets like they used to because there's so many other platforms of distribution, which they know. You know, to, for somebody like me, you know, my last book deal was $2 million advance. But I've had, what, you know, five bestsellers at that point, and I have millions of fans and followers. So they can kind of go, oh, well, if we give Brennan a million bucks, we know he'll earn it back. Because remember, an advance from a publisher means that they're advancing you the money. So an advance is an advance against sales. So they give you the money in advance, then they hope to make the sales, and that sales ongoing is being uh, counted against your credit, if you will, right? And so it's until you make, until you sold enough to pay that advance, you don't get any more future royalties, right? They just keep all the money until they've earned out their advance is what they call it. Meaning they basically paid themselves back what they gave you. They paid themselves back what they gave you on the sales. Then your royalties begin. Okay. So that's traditional publishing. And uh, if uh, I'm trying to talk about the benefits and the negatives of it, uh, let's move on to the second model, distribution. Distribution means what you're going to do is you're basically going to self-publish it, but you're going to do a distribution deal with a major publisher. What does that mean? It means you're going to do all the work on the book. Okay? You're going to do all the work on the book. You're basically going to turn in a final book, design, develop, looking good. But you're going to do a distribution deal with the publisher, which says, hey, publisher, let's sign a deal where you're going to put this into retail. You're going to put it on Amazon for me. And what we're going to do is because I've designed, developed the book without your help, and I want to own my book, we'll do a distribution deal where if it's sold through wherever you sell it, you keep 50% and I keep 50%. Or you get 70%, I get 30%. But you create a distribution deal where basically they're putting it out to market. They're doing all, so think of this, they're putting it in retail and they're doing the inventory. And you're splitting sales versus getting royalty. Now, some 
Publishers will still call it a royalty. Just depends on how their distribution model might work. But basically what it does is it allows you to own the book. You own your book. You didn't sell the rights to your book and give all the rights to the publisher. You own all the rights. They're putting it in retail and handling the inventory, distribution, shipping stuff for you. But you own the book. So you can go do other stuff with it. You can go do other deals with it. You can you know, sell it on your website as an example. You can, you know, sell it in other languages and other territories without having to do anything with them. You own the book. You can do things based on the book in the future. Let me give you an example. Let's say you do a book and they want to make a movie out of it. Well, if you sold your book in the traditional route, option one, traditional publishing, any ancillary products, what they call derivative works, that come from that, they get a cut. So if all of a sudden someone says, we want to make your book into a movie, your publisher gets money from that. But if you, if you do a distribution, remember, they're just doing inventory and retail. If they come, publisher, if a movie company comes to you and says, we want to do a movie on your book, you own that. You can do that. It's your book, all your rights. It's just the publisher is helping with inventory. So uh, this is one of my favorite models that I do. Uh, like uh, for those who read High Performance Habits, I did a distribution deal with that, with Hay House specifically. Hay House made like we partnered on that book they put it out to retail whenever they sell a copy of it we do a specific split of percentage they get and i get when it's sold in certain places like amazon they get some i get some but i'm also allowed to sell it entirely on my website which many of you bought high performance habits from my website when i sell it on my website they don't get any that's just my money because i sold it i drove the lead I drove the sale. So I collect all that money. So only when they sell it through their distribution, their outlets, their retail, do they get any money. When I sell it through anything of mine, I get it. Okay? So that's a nice way to think of distribution. Then the third model is self-publishing. That's where you don't work with any of them. You just do it all yourself. So you write the book, you pay for an editor, a freelance editor to edit the book, to help you make it better, which you should always 100% do people. Please never self-publish a book without having a professional editor go through the book and line edit at least, right? There's two kinds of editing. One is they edit the book. That means they make suggestions, they make recommendations, they move things around with you. They have a conversation. They're like a like, like I think of an editor as like a book doctor. They fix the book. And then there's a line editor. And a line editor is more like a copy editor where they just fix your grammar. You know, you don't know how to use an N dash versus an M dash versus a semicolon versus a colon. That was me. <laughs> I was like, what? I didn't know how to break up paragraphs in dialogue. They had to teach me. They, they, get, they go through line by line. They fix all the words and all the grammar. That's called a line editor or copy editor for a book. And you want to, if you're going to self-publish, you definitely want to do that. 
Because the worst thing you can do is self-publish a book that has all sorts of mistakes in it. That just shows, you know, you didn't take it seriously. Then, of course, you need to, so you need to design the book. You need to format the book. You need to find a printer for the book. And you'll have to go through the process of putting the book onto Amazon or onto your websites or other places that you're going to sell it. Meaning it's all on you, babe. Right? It's all on you. But in that case, guess what? That means you also get all the sales all come to you. Outside of any platform you might sell that takes money. So let me give you an example. Let's say you write your book. You're going to uh, publish it and you want to put it on Amazon. Well, you might use Amazon's, you know, Kindle Direct service for that. Meaning you as an individual, can post your book on Kindle. Like literally tomorrow, if you had it done, you just take your PDF and you follow their process to get it converted and it's on Kindle. And you can also select if you want them to also print it out as a paperback. And you follow their instructions for how to format that the way that they want it. You basically upload it and you make the description just like you see the regular, any book site, anything you buy on Amazon, you see the description. You got to write all that description, all the copy, upload your image, set your price, and you're selling on Amazon. Like everyone here can be selling on Amazon a, a paperback or a you know Kindle version like next week if you have the book done. And in that process, they take a cut. They're probably going to take, uh, de- depending on, I don't know what the standard is. These, I think the standard for them is like 30%. So they take 30% of the sale, but you get 70% of the sale in that case. But of course, if you sell it on your website, you get what? You get 100% of the sale. But what also happens if you sell it on your website? You get the buyer. Now, this is where we have to have major discussion, influencers. Why would you sell it on your website versus a traditional publisher versus distribution? Because when they sell that book in Barnes & Noble or in Target, Walmart, or on Amazon, you don't know who your readers are, and either do they. There's no information collected. You don't know your reader, and you have no opportunity for lifetime value with that reader. Meaning they bought the book on another platform or at a store. You don't know their information. There's no way to follow up with them to introduce them to your courses or anything else. So now you're kind of hoping that they read the book, they like the book, they go to your social media and you pull them from social media into your email newsletter or you sell them on social media or through your email newsletter, your other stuff. So the disempowering thing, I mean, think about, like, I don't know how many you know, millions of books that we're at by now across all, all my books, if you count eBooks and PDFs and, you know, traditional publishing. But through the traditional publishing and distribution route, there's millions of people who got myself. I have no idea who they are. No intel, no information whatsoever. But when they buy on my, in, on my website, oh my gosh, I know so much about them and I can follow up with them, which is so huge. So that's why a lot of people want to self-publish is so they have control. And they know the buyer 
and they can follow up with the buyer, which is invaluable. So in that process of self-publishing, there's a couple of different paths here. One, I told you about like Amazon, like Kindle Direct. And like I said, they can do your ebook or they can do your paperback, right? So like Amazon will print the book, like paperback version, or they'll do ebook where people can download it onto their phone in any format they want, right? That's one route. That's with Amazon. But it, maybe you don't want to do that particular thing with Amazon. You want to print your own book and have it at your warehouse, or you want to print your own book and have it at a warehouse that ships it for you. There's lots of print-on-demand services out there. Print-on-demand, you upload it to the service, you work with the service, and now they've got the inventory for you. They'll build a web page for you, or you build your web page, and they manage inventory so that when someone hits order, they print the book and they ship and send the book. So there's, you know, like Balboa Press is a popular one for that type of thing. Um, Morgan James is a popular one for that type of thing. That these are, you know, the, the way to think about it is like, you'll work with them to get your book up. In some cases, they will work with you as a distributor or they'll just help you self-publish and they'll charge you a fee for self-publishing. So those are the different options. And there's so many things to tell you about there. Uh, let's say you all want to self-publish your own book. Obviously, the, the thing today, the most important thing about that is that you get that book into digital format, right? So that people, if you're going to sell it, if you want to um, get it in digital format, Obviously, you can just upload it Amazon. They'll have it on Kindle. But maybe you want to sell in digital format on your website. In that case, you need to convert the PDF yourself into an EPUB document. That's what they call it. digital book or ebook. They call it, the format is called EPUB. There's a couple of different other ones, and uh, there's a service a software company. That, I'm not an affiliate or anything called Caliber. C a-L-B-R-E, C-A-L-B-R-E. It's really popular. To do that, you just upload a PDF and it will kick it out in any format you want. So now you could sell it digitally from your webpage or you could sell it, upload it to another service that sells it or you could do print on demand, which... You know, most people here in the U.S. who want to do print-on-demand just use Amazon Direct for that because it's, it's, it's easy and it's a spot where, you know, depending on who you ask, Amazon controls already 40% of all e-commerce in the United States, of all e-commerce, 40%. In the book industry, you know, it's way higher than that. So a lot of people love to buy their books from Amazon or Kindle. It's up to you. I sell books on Amazon and Kindle and I sell them on my website. How can I do that? I have a distribution deal or I self-publish. People always ask that. Your publisher lets you do that? Traditional publishers don't. They don't like it. They'd rather you do through retail. You can. You just need to be you know, clear about what you're doing with them. Now, those are your different options. Let's talk through you know, where I feel we are in the marketplace at in 2020, but also in, you know, coronavirus 
reality. I think self-publishing is something everybody should explore unless you feel like you already have a platform or could have a platform within the year where you feel like you could sell 10,000 copies of a book. Where you feel like, you know what? I have the platform. I have the customers. I have the audience. I feel like I can sell 10,000. And if you don't feel like you can sell 10,000, the traditional publishing or distribution model, probably not good for you. Here's why. Because a traditional publisher will know you can't. And they'll kind of be like, okay, we, we believe in your idea. And they'll give you such a small advance that it might not wor- be worth it for you. Right? Such a small advance. And now you got to wait 18 months till the book can come out. You might be in a bigger hurry, which you probably should be. And so for me, unless I feel like I move 10, 15, 20,000 copies, I just say self-publish it. Because here's the good news. If you self-publish it and it takes off, a major publisher will buy it from you. If you move 10,000 units of a self-published book, a publisher will go, wait, what? You did that by yourself? Let's get in the game. We'd love to distribute for you or do a deal with you. Meaning you can go up. You can upgrade to a publisher if you feel like that's necessary. To me, self-publishing is really the route for most people these days to get some numbers on the board, to make some sales. But most importantly, I deeply believe, and I've said this since 2001. So for 19 years, I've told people, and I practice myself, it's the, the ability for you to sell stuff on your own website is your freedom. The ability to sell stuff on Amazon is nice. You get a cut of money, but you don't get the lifetime value of a customer. The lifetime value of a customer can be hundreds or thousands of dollars if you have their contact information. If you don't have their contact information, you're getting a buck or two from a publisher. If you sell it on Amazon, you know, you're, you're getting, you know, six, seven bucks out of 10 but you don't have the contact. So think about it. I've always said, do you want, would you rather have the lifetime value of somebody be a dollar or $10 or hundreds or thousands of dollars? I want the hundreds or thousands of dollars. That is why I want the ability to sell on my own website. Authors have resisted that for so long because they go, I'm the artist. I'm not a business person. I don't want a web page. And I go, oh my gosh. Do you know how many authors, I, I, I can't tell you how many authors I have who are deep and great friends, really genuine great friends who have no money. They're living like book deal to book deal where they're getting $10,000 to $40,000 from a publisher. They're not collecting enough sales or advances to receive higher royalties. So they're always living under the power of somebody else. So to me, your ability to sell something on your site and then offer something more is invaluable. Absolutely invaluable. Sell your book, upsell them into your course. Sell your book, upsell them into your coaching program. Sell your book, upsell them into your subscription program. Right? That's why you see me. I'll give the book away for free 
because I'll get them to subscribe or to purchase something in the future, like many of you guys have done, which allows me to add more value to you. You get more value from me and for me to have a business versus a book sale. I would rather have a business than a book sale. Now that's me. I'm a long-term player. A lot of people are like, I'd rather just take the check, Brennan, and not have any problems. I'm like, go for it. But if you want to be, if you want to be a media company, you want long-term customer value, you either need to self-publish and sell on your own or negotiate with the publisher a distribution deal or the rights to also sell it on your own. So it's a negotiation. If it's not self-published, you've got to negotiate with the publisher either way, whether it's a traditional deal or distribution, you've got to negotiate that you also have the power to make sales. It's so vital if you want long-term customer value, okay? If you want long-term customer value. Okay, let's talk about launching. No matter what model you choose, let's talk about promoting books because people have lots of questions about that right now. The most important thing is you have to elongate your promotion window for a book. It's the number one mistake everybody makes. They go, oh, I'm going to launch a book. And they come out the day of a book launch. I have a book, everybody. And sales like, I don't tease. I made that mistake. My first book, I was destroyed. I was so sad. I had a book advance, which for me, my first book deal, I think uh, in the, U, the, U, the English rights in the US deal was like $40,000, which to me was a billion dollars. I was a broke author at the time and $40,000 was like literally a curb. It was the most amount of money I could possibly have. And then my agent went and sold it to Brazil for like 120,000 and Korea gave us like another 80,000 and all these other countries, foreign territory deals, they're called foreign territory deals, but made that this huge deal. I was pumped, pumped. Book launch day came on. I had partners and affiliates and promotion people lined up and I crushed it for seven days. <laughs> and then the second week of sales went, because I just thought, well, all I got to do is plan for a book launch. And if it crushes, no, no, no. Here's what you have to do. Today, you need to be in conversation with your potential readers six months before the book comes out. What do I mean by that? I mean, you should be, think about it like document the process of you writing this book. Tell them about it. Show them your third pot of green tea in your Instagram post. Go live, talk about the chapter you just wrote today and, and what you're teaching it in and why you wrote it. Talk about the planning of the book launch. Meaning, there's a whole pre-launch that's storytelling about the book before you ever drop the book. Pre-launch is anywhere from minimum of three months up to six months now. The bigger you want the book to be, longer you talk about it as a general rule. Minimum, I'm having all my clients, minimum three months. I want you to talk about it for three months. 
very consistently on social media. Consistently for three months. Shoot those Instagram stories, those Facebook stories. Talk about it on your podcast. Blog about the writing process and what you're learning. Just think about that. That's all the buildup, what we call the pre-launch. A lot more buildup, way more buildup. Talk about your process as a writer. Talk about what you're writing. Talk about what you're learning as a writer. Just keep going. Just keep talking about the book. And if you're going to feel like, ugh, they're going to get so tired of hearing about the book. No, they won't. Because most people, sorry, aren't watching you. They don't see you. Most of your fans don't see most of your posts. Once you can accept that, it reminds you, oh, wow, most people don't open your emails. Most people didn't see your stories. And most people haven't seen out of your last 30 posts, 95% of your audience maybe saw two. So you can always be like, get over yourself. Ain't nobody watching you. Keep talking. It's the number one thing I see authors. I'm talking too much about it. I'm like, you can't talk about it too much. It's not a first date. What, do you, what, what, what land do you live in? It's social media world. Ain't nobody see it. They scrolled right by. They missed it. They saw the video. They didn't even click on the sound. They just liked your outfit. Come on, people. It's social media. Ain't nobody paying attention. Three, six months. This is the most important thing. Everyone go like this. Talk, 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 talk. Three to six months. You're just yammering and yammering and yammering about it. What else are you doing that three to six months? Okay. It's a great time in that 30 and 60 days leading up to the book launch. Let's go tighter now, right? 30, let's call it just 30 days out. This is a great time to start doing a lot of polls, quizzes, surveys with your audience. Meaning getting them, getting them engaged that 30, 60 days before book launch, polls and quizzes on Instagram stories as an example. Surveys, get, in, get them engaged with stuff. Ask them to send in videos asking you questions, you know, go live on Instagram and let people jump in and take their questions. Talk more about it. Let's go tighter. Two weeks before book launch, two weeks before book launch. I want you live every day, every day on Instagram, every day. Just talking about it. For those of you who've seen my major clients do it, like major clients who you've seen on my stages or the people you know that we work with, I'm, I'm having them live every day for a month or two. If they can handle it, I'm like, get there every day. Talk, 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 talk. And you're like, but Brendan, what if 15 people show up? Well, one day it'll be 16. Then it'll be 17. Then it'll be 30. Then it'll be 40. Well, what if I go and it never goes anything about 40? Well, you know what? At least those 40 are going to buy. You know what I'm saying? Win the 40. So I'll tell people, get live at least two weeks, every single day, minimum, 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 every day, live on Facebook, Instagram. Those are the two primaries still this day. Just do it. Do it at the same time. Do it at the same time. You can do that through Zoom into a Facebook or just go Facebook Live. What I do is I, I go Facebook Live with my laptop like this. You're on my laptop right now. And I'll put my phone on a little arm and I'll be live on Instagram and Facebook at the exact same time. And I'll just do that. 
And here's the trick. What you want to do when you go live isn't just talk about the book. You want to ask lots of questions. You want to use your book as topical areas to ask questions about their lives. You know, have you ever dealt with this? How do you deal with it, y'all? Take a few questions. Get people participating in the conversation. Right? You write a, let me give you an example. You write a book on motivation. If I'm live on Instagram and Facebook, I'll say, hey, I'm curious. Um, I'd love to hear some of your ideas about what you think people should do to be more motivated. Anyone want to participate? And I'll call on somebody or I'll put somebody through and I'll let them talk about motivation with me. You're, crying, you're trying to create dialogue about the topic of motivation more than you're trying to sell the book. You're trying to make the topic trend so when the book comes out, the book is the solution to the trend of the conversation. That's what you're trying to do. So for those who are like, I'm not a good salesperson, you're not a, don't try to be a salesperson, be a conversation starter, be a storyteller. Straight through. What next? Well, I would also, for that week of the book launch and the week after, the first two weeks, you want to be nonstop publicity mode where you have lined up your appearances on podcasts, which is the most important. Okay, so to circulate yourself, to get on podcasts as an expert on your topic. Like if you said, Brendan, I'll give you three podcasts or Good Morning America, I'd take the three podcasts any day of the week. So I'll tell you the, the average of my last seven clients on Good Morning America. My last seven clients on Good Morning America averaged 2,000 to 3,200 book sales. That's all. My highest out of the seven, she sold 11,000 books that day. Not bad. But gone are the days a decade ago when that same appearance could move 20 or 30,000 copies. So for me, I'm all about the podcast tour. Get on the podcast. Do that first two weeks of your book. Be all over podcasts. Be all over the podcast. Very important. Hey gang, it's Brendan. I'm going to change gears real quick and talk about another show here on the Growth Day Podcast Network, Lori Harder. Her show is called Earn Your Happy. This is a monster podcast if you've never heard of it before. Earn Your Happy is all about Lori talking with people and sharing her own journey of being an entrepreneur and trying to find happiness in life. And I love her phrase, earn your happy. You know, if you've ever heard me tell my car accident story, I felt like at that moment, I got life's golden ticket, that second chance, but I also felt like this, this feeling that I had to earn it, to earn that second chance. So when I got to know Lori, and she told me her show was called Earn Your Happy, I was like, ah, oh, it's one of my favorite words in the English language, earn to earn the gifts we've been given, to earn the life that we want, to work for it, to strive for it. I just love it. And Lori is like listening to her episodes. I told her the other day, I was like, it's kind of like listening to a best friend talk about you know their ambitions and what they're trying to do. 
And she's such a great interviewer as well, by the way, that I think you're gonna get new perspectives about life. You'll laugh a lot, you'll be motivated, and you'll learn from somebody who's out there actually doing the work, building a great business and life and family. Go subscribe to Lori Harder's podcast. It's called Earn Your Happy. You can subscribe anywhere you're listening, including right now on this platform. So please go subscribe to Lori Harder's Earn Your Happy podcast. Hey all, it's Brendan, and I wanna make sure that you go check out growthday.com. It's an all-in-one personal development platform where you can do everything you would like to do for personal development in one place. You can capture your mindset journaling, set your goals, track your habits and improve them, take wellness challenges, and learn from the highest powered, highest paid, most respected motivational teachers, wellness coaches, and life coaches in the world live every week. One trial, we just call it starter, that's where you're just using the tools. You know, it's the mindset journal where we prompt you with tons of research back prompts to help you become more positive, confident, self-aware, and happy. We've got your goal tracking system. That's where you set your personal development goals and reminders, so like reminders to meditate or reminders to call your partner and flirt or you know reminders to make sure that you do this one project. It's also got, importantly, your habit tracking system. This is where you can track your high performance habits, which we teach you to do. And then you receive targeted scores and recommended videos to improve those. Our pro level now includes live classes. You know, we've got the best teachers in all of personal and professional development, period, in the app. These folks all charge over $50,000 for a one hour keynote, but they're live every single month in growth day teaching for 45 minutes. Then we have what we call all access. And that's where you get the tools plus the live classes, but also over 20 deep dive, powerful life transformative courses. So these courses, these classes, these are things that would cost over $3,000 a month to access. But Growth Day Pro, as an example, is less than a buck a day. Your personal development is worth a dollar a day. Your access to these people is worth a dollar a day. But you can start free right now when you go to growthday.com. Any persons you know who has a blog or an email list, I want you to have it scheduled that a blog post about you or an email about your book goes out in that first week or two. Very important, right? You want that launch window. You want everything to happen in that first week or two if you're trying to chart, get on a bestseller list, which we'll talk about. But I want you to think about that. It's like, oh, wow, I really need to be omnipresent in those first two weeks. Do as many interviews as you can. And here's the thing. You, you got to think of not just podcast, not just people with blog, and not just people with email newsletters, but you also want to go live on other people's Instagrams, other people's social media. So you might have a friend or people in your network, they got 5,000 friends on Instagram. Call her or email her and say, hey, can, 
Tuesday at five, can we go live on your Instagram together? And you ask me questions about this. And then when you have something, I'll bring you live on mine too. Because when you go live on theirs or vice versa, their audiences and your audiences start to overlap because you can follow each other from there, right? And that's how you're going to pick up more following. So what I recommend people to do is to really think about that entire two weeks before and that two weeks after the book launch, can you also be doing guest appearances on other people's live on their social media? Or can you have them be a guest on your social media? Because when they go live on your social media, their audience also sees it and they come over to yours. And this is going to drive up your following in, those, in that critical launch window. So if this sounds like a lot of work, it is. And now if you want to get really overwhelmed, I'm going to tell you, stop being so lazy and think it's only two weeks of your book launch. You're going to do this for months and months and months and months. You know what I did yesterday? Two interviews on high performance habits. Y'all know what year that book came out? 2017. That book came out three years ago. I still do interviews on it. You got to expand your promotion window. You want a book to become like mega, mega, like really just like, you got to be like at least a minimum of a year, a year minimum. You are pushing that book if you want it to be a big book. Out of the blockbuster books each year, you get five or 10 that quote unquote just took off and no one anticipated it. Five or 10 books total a year. Total a year. All the other ones are architected. Someone was like, I'm gonna do a lot of work on promoting and talking about this thing for months and you'll never know. Some of you know, I had the, the great blessing of the one of the, the top living authors in terms of sales is my friend, Paulo Coelho. Paulo wrote a book called The Alchemist and is one of my great mentors, heroes, and friends. And Paulo, uh, I mean, I could go on. The story behind this whole thing is awesome because that book changed my life. But Paulo, The Alchemist was out for a decade before it ever hit a bestseller chart in the United States. Now, The Alchemist is the longest-running New York Times bestseller in history. But please hear what I said. It took a decade for it to even make the list. What kills author sales is impatience. And what kills author sales is the shiny next new thing because we're creators. We love to keep creating. Can I just make something new, Brennan? Can I, can I create? Can I create? Can I create? You know what I created last week? A new campaign for my book, Motivation Manifesto. That book came out in 2014 and still crushes it in sales. Why? Because I created a new campaign about it last week. See, here's the difference. And I know some of you have heard me say this before, so forgive me. But I'm a kid from Montana and I grew up in the part of town where the way you make money as a family is sometimes you scavenge a lot of the alleyways for junk that people throw out and you grab all the stuff that they put by the dumpster bins 
and you pull it over to your garage and you have what you call a garage sale. Some of you ever had, who's, some of you have never been to a garage sale or had a garage sale. Okay. This is a garage sales, big thing where I grew up. Mom could bring some extra money. Dad would drive up and down the alleys around our house, grab the thrown out couches, then sell them for 20 bucks, buy some golf balls. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I grew up in a, a garage sale family. So maybe you don't know what this means, but here's a rule. If you have a garage sale and you make some money on Sunday, guess what you do next Sunday? You have another garage sale because it worked. Authors, you need to get this in your head. Creators, some of you have online courses. Some of you already have a book. You already have a PDF and you think it's about the next new thing. You haven't even put that other thing out through enough garage sales to make any money on it, through enough promotions. Why does my book sales always go like this? Why do I get $2 million type book deals? Because the authors know, or the publishers know, I'm gonna push that book for years. Years. And by pushing it for years, you have the hope of maybe one day becoming Apollo Coelho where after a decade, it took off right? I think Manifesto is going to sell millions and millions more copies because I'm going to keep talking about it. And one day, the right thing. Some of you guys know the story, right? Manifesto, Motivation Manifesto had an amazing journey. First, I had a book deal with it, canceled it with the publisher because they didn't like the book. They hated the book. Had to find a distribution partner, which I did. Put the book out by myself with the distribution partner. Takes off. 32 weeks on the New York Times bestseller list stuns the world. Just stuns me too, honestly. Unbelievable success. Well, then guess what? The book kind of had a a down period. I kept talking about it. I kept talking about it. Kept talking about it. But two, three years goes by. Two, three years goes by. And this woman named Meghan Markle, who is about to wed this royalty guy, who apparently recommends the Motivation Manifesto as one of the top five books that everyone must read on this blog she had. And now she's going to get married to a royal and everyone's really interested and they go back and they look at her old blog posts. And on their old blog posts, they see, hey, here's a top five list of every book someone should read. And there's Motivation Manifesto. And I get the call and everyone's freaking out, like, oh my God, your book's going crazy. I'm like, what's happening? And they're like, this Megan Markle girl, she recommended your book. I'm like, who's that? I had no idea who she was. And, you know, big deal. That was years after that book came out. Years after. You never know. That's why you don't stop talking about the assets you have in your garage that you have not yet sold enough of. I'm here to tell you, because I know many of you already have a PDF, you haven't even put it up on Amazon. Many of you already wrote a book. It didn't do good. You gave up on it. You promoted it for three months and you quit because you thought it didn't take off. Nothing takes off on a short runway. You need a long runway. Expand your campaign horizons. Some of you see me right now online. I just want to give you, because I know not everyone here is for author stuff, but I want to connect you with this. I'm promoting courses right now, online courses that we're running ads to right now. I filmed those four, five, six, seven years ago, y'all. 
and they're still generating unbelievable revenue today. If you create something great, don't give up so quick on it. So why do I say that? Because I want you to expand that launch timeline. Do as much as you can in the two weeks, or in the month prior, the two weeks before, the month afterwards. And now it's time to create and do as much as you can. I'm like, go full on launch mode. But then your job is to put it on evergreen. Who has a book on evergreen right now? Raise your hands. What is evergreen? Evergreen means it's up for sale as an active campaign. Think of evergreen meaning an active campaign that's always running. So for those of you who've been with us in influencer business program here for a while with us, right? You know the idea of running an ad, having Facebook ads, Instagram ads, YouTube ads, running all the time to your book page. So books are just selling all day long. So high performance habits, this is a great example, okay? Today we'll sell through our Facebook, I don't know, Kevin probably tell me, 300, 600 copies on our website probably today, every day. Every day. That book came out in 2017. It sold that many every day, at least since 2017. Just always, it's always selling hundreds of copies every day. Why? Because we run ads at it every day. That's a long-term commitment to a book campaign. Just, we never turn off the ads, so the book never stops selling. Now it's on me to figure out how to make that campaign work. And so that's what we do all day long. We run ads, they buy book, we deliver amazing value, we offer our products and programs in the emails after they buy, and that's how you go from being a book author who's getting a dollar or two to a multimillionaire author. You build a business on the book. A business on the book means the book comes out and you have other products and services, whether it's you one-on-one coaching or you're doing live training events or you're doing uh, you know, online course sales or e-commerce sales or brand, whatever you're selling comes after the book. And to me, to this day, I've never, I still have not found a more successful or lucrative business model because when they read your book, it's a whole different connection for lifetime value, right? It's my, my agent, Scott. He says, uh, you know, courses are good and webinars are good, but a book, they take to bed with you. They go to bed with you with a book. It's that intimate, you know, they read you in bed. You're in their head for four, five, six, nine hours, depending on how long it takes. It's a very personal thing. And so to me, books are always a phenomenal way to start your career. And I know I covered a lot in that hour, (laughs) Um, but I hope that helps you give a good overview of where we're at and the options you have and what you might do during those times that you are contemplating putting a book out of any form. And I hope that helps you. Okay, Mads, I'm coming over to you, buddy. Hi, how are you doing, Brandon? I'm awesome, my friend. Nice seeing your face. (laughs) Nice to see you. It's so great to follow whatever you do whenever you're live again. It's so great to see you. Um, Brandon, today's is about, I know you have your products also, and it also um, comes back to books. It's a little bit about how do you calculate how many products you should have in stock? 
because when you suddenly get a big grow and you maybe have a runtime that could be one month, two months, three months before you get the products back in stock, in what kind of way do you calculate that? Just to give an, an example, the past three, four months, we've been growing double in sales and that's amazing. But yeah. that ended out that um, I think it was in May that one of our skincare products, we, we actually didn't have it in stock. So we had to resend that to the customer and do a lot of things to make the customer happy. But yeah. we was talking about how, how, how are we going to do that in scale? Yeah, so, great question. Um, and congrats, by the way. Give a round of applause for doing the work. Get it out there, buddy. Thanks. So good to hear. Um, I think everything is important to do a two-week test, Mads. Mm-hmm. And that is to get to know your conversion numbers really good. So what you do, like, and we'll talk about this different ways. Let's start with your, your current audience, right? Let's say, okay, this week we're going to do an email test. We're going to take 15% of our audience on an email that's been engaged. We're going to send them to the offer. And we're going to learn what their conversion is. Okay, then we're going to do a day we're going to do a social media test. And we're going to see what we can drive through all our channels. If we go hard on one day, mm-hmm. all our channels, even our podcast, anything else, hard on one day, what's our conversion on that page that day? Then if we have any affiliates or partners, we take a sampling of them. We have them go at it for a week. Then you have your ads and you run your ads for a good week or two period. And now you understand across all areas of traffic, how is this converting? Then you say, okay, now how are we going to unleash here? What's our ad spend going to be? And based on what our ad spend is going to be, we start pushing that up. Okay. Based on what our affiliates did, we'll only invite this number of affiliates or we intend to invite this number of affiliates. We know their numbers are like this because you can ask them how much they'll drive. You scope that out. And so what you do is you kind of create a room in your house, a little war room, and you go, okay, across ads, social media, affiliate, and any other traffic you can drive, these are the conversions we know. Now, let's plan to unleash those gates at scale. Mm -hmm. So we might not take all of them because we have to have an inventory for that, right? And so you, but you know, you should know the conversions based on that, how many people buy the product versus buy two of the product versus subscribe and save. And so you look at those numbers, you project, and then your job is get out in front of it by 35%. That's mm-hmm. the magic number. Whatever you project, order 35% more. Okay. But everyone, please listen. I didn't say guess and then say, I guess I should do 35% more. We tested. We tested. Then we ordered 35% more. Why 35% more? Because in almost any e-com type business, you have recurrent sales and monthly sales. And on general, if they have subscribe and save, which as I'm guessing you have subscribe and save type. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you have subscribe and save where they pay you monthly to be auto-shipped it, you get this lead time and lifetime value number that you know. And by estimating 35% above, it gives you plenty of time to get that reorder in because reorders tend to be, and I'm speaking generically to everyone here, but a reorder for any given product Think of it always as a 12-week window, okay? This is generic for everybody, but books are good for that, like lots of skin creams, supplements, 
uh, almost anything you're going to sell, even white labeled program stuff, almost everything you can get in a 12 week window. Sometimes you can get it shorter. Very rarely does it take longer. But that 12 week window, when you look at net sales, it tends to be that if you plan out 35%, that number across all my clients, it's always kind of magic. It gives you time to reorder on that monthly because that ends up being right three months. So 35% is a good overestimation. Then if you do get caught, the most important thing is run a promotion to everybody and say, we are out. Here's the day. We anticipate getting it back in. Buy now. What most people do is when they run out of inventory, they, they go, oop, we're out. And they go quiet. Hmm. No, sell more so you have more money to buy your inventory. Like do a, do a flash sale. Hey, we're out. We're reordering. We anticipate we're going to get it on this date. So for the next 72 hours, if you purchase, we'll make sure you're the first ones to ship out on this date. Or we'll give you 15% off right now so we can place your order. And that gets you setting expectation of when those units will arrive to ship. Collects short-term money based on a deadline for people. They're like, oh, I want to get in now. And it allows you to place a larger order. And as Mads will tell you, and I'll tell you, the larger orders that you place, the cheaper the unit cost is for you, right? The more order, the more books you order, as an example, the cheaper those books become per unit. So I think that's what's really important. Does that help, Mads, or is that overly? Yeah, it, it totally helps. So, so, so also basically, Brendan, it's also, um, we just did, you know, and maybe it's just because we also did some blockbuster um, and Facebook advertisement that just went crazy and we didn't want to stop that. You know, we, we ran it for maybe five days and could just see the numbers going crazy. So we could stop, but we didn't do it. But uh, so, so yeah, it was just bad luck or good luck or how yeah, you see Yeah, it? no, it's good luck. Absolutely good luck. <laughs> Absolutely good luck. But, but, but your last point, point was very good because I always thought it was going to be very unprofessional to say, hey, Guys, we are out of stock and we didn't calculate it correctly. But you could also reframe it to, hey, people are actually loving our products. Oh, so. yeah. Hey, listen, if people are buying your stuff, brag about it all the time. Be excited about it. Tell the audience about it. That's social proof. Um, yeah. The number one rule in all that, Mads, and, and you all should know, is like just overly communicate to the customer when they're going to get their stuff. If people understand and know, they don't complain and get all worked up about it. If they're unclear, that's where a lot of conflicts happen. Um, mm. But it's great that you did. Next time when you see that trend, mm -hmm. don't stop the ads, just scale them down. Scale down your spend, give yourself some time so that the algorithm is still running, mm -hmm. right? Don't, don't hit stop because then it takes that time to scale it back up. Just drop down the spend. And what's uh, important is when you drop down that spend, if you have to on your landing page, tell them the order dates, right? Everybody here has ordered something from some website or Amazon in the last couple months where it said it ain't coming for a month and you still ordered it. Any quarantine orderers here? I mean, I did it. It took us five, six weeks to get stuff. That, that's okay. As long as you know. Okay. All right, man. It's good seeing you, buddy. Good seeing you, now. Thank you. Awesome. Uh, Suzette, I saw you in there. I'm coming your way. Yay. I'm on. Okay. Question. <laughs> You're here. Nice seeing you. Uh, yes. You too. So my question is, so I have written um, a series of books for my athletes and I have the beginnings of doing a workbook for them. So I wanted to know, should I promote the workbook and the book at the same time since it's a book series? Like what's the, I, the thought process behind that? Does the, 
workbook complement the book? Yes. Yeah. I have to put them both together. Yeah. So, oh, this is a big thing. Um, I would rather you put them together as an offer. Okay. To add up the order value than to necessarily sell them separately, unless you feel like they add so much more value. Uh, meaning like if the workbook adds that much more value. So let me ask you this. Do you okay. see the workbook as something that is a complement to the book or literally it adds its own value and is super awesome separate from the book? I want to say both. And I think, so I've run this as a workshop to my athletes and I had originally only the book. I didn't do the workbook. And then when I put together like this PDF, people were like, oh my God, I love the PDF to go with the workbook. So then I created an entire workbook. So I, I want to say that it's good standalone because it still gives the information of how to do what the book is telling them to do. Mm. Um, and it asks them additional questions for them to think about. So I wasn't sure, should I just sell the book and then sell the workbook less? I mean, separately it. or compile yeah. it? Yeah. So I'd sell the book. And then what you would do is do an order bump on the workbook. Oh, an order bump. I didn't yeah. even think about that. Okay. Yeah. That's, if it, it sounds like it stands alone just enough that I do an order bump. So for everyone okay. listening, an order bump means they buy the book. Uh, so on the checkout, so they, they select, you know, they hit buy now on the checkout page where they give their credit card information, they give their credit card information. And then there's a box that says, Hey, check this box. If you'd like this additional thing added to your order, it's called an order bump. And so she can say, Hey, we've got this worksheet that adds more value and answers these questions. Click here to add it for an extra seven bucks, 19 bucks, 30 bucks, whatever number it is that you want to choose for, for that, Suzette. And um, that's what I would do since it adds extra value. And then if I want to couple those with videos, just do the same thing, add another order bump for the videos if they want to talk through like some of the topics. Yeah, I'd put a course together for it so that it goes along with it. Gotcha. Um, I'll let you all know next month, uh, an experiment we'll be running is we're going to attempt to see if we can't out-convert our book offer by offering a digital bundle offer. And what I mean by that is instead of just, hey, here's a book, buy the book, we're saying, hey, we got this digital bundle on this topic, high performance. You get an assessment, online course, the digital audiobook for X amount of money. And we're going to see if we can do that as much. My guess is just reading the future tea leaves here for you all. I think digital bundles are going to out convert hard copy or physical product in the near term next, you know, this entire, let's call it rest of this year. I think well-described digital bundles. So in other words, Suzette, what I might do with yours is call it a digital bundle on your topic. Mm -hmm. It can include the book if you want it to, but maybe you can jump up the price point a little bit if it's book, worksheet, and online course. And you're really selling that, not just the book and then hoping to upsell, right. but you're selling a bundle up front. I think that might work really well. We'll be testing with the client as well, doing what I just said, plus the, the entire audio book, the EPUB. So not the audio book, the digital version of the book. So digital version, worksheet, videos, Meaning it's more like a, it's like a whole, think of it as like a program. 
Because so it's not just the book, it's digital book, audio book, an assessment, a three-part video series, and see if that at an elevated price can't outperform just selling a hard copy paperback or a single you know, um, digital ebook download. And I think that could be pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you. My pleasure. You. Nice seeing you. It's been Good a while. Too. Thank Goodness you. gracious, people. I miss your faces. Ahem. Yes. Thank you for everything that you do. You are a, a genius. <laughs> I really appreciate everything that I'm reading of yours. My question is, um, so I, I very much want to create something that's for helping connect feminine energy to its voice. So actually it sort of helps people um, who are, for example, in domestic abuse, uh, recognize emotional and mental traps before it becomes sexual and physical violence, for example. But the actual overarching narrative is finding a very unique feminine solution, which has a spiritual undertone and context for a widespread problem where if that voice is empowered, then we actually have a different workforce that's available to kind of move that female leadership very much forwards. So this is very much a soul calling for me. And I've done a lot of- I love it. I love it. We need this work in the world right now. Uh, so I've done, thank you so much. And I've done a lot of back work on it and I'm converting all of my writing. I would love to make and want to make, uh, you know, this very profitable sure. and to give back to communities and help. Um, so how do I identify an ideal customer? I very much love the idea of a digital bundle, but how do I even picture an ideal customer when it's something that's got a social active um, you know, person in my mind, but actually it would be great for business women. It would be great for anyone who wants to speak up or just know how to cultivate a voice for themselves. That's sure. emotionally grounded. I love if that it. makes sense, I'll stop talking. <laughs> no, a thousand, a thousand percent makes sense. And how many of else, who else here is wondering how do you find your customer? You know, it's always, it's always part of the business part about it. Um, it's, I can, I can but, definitely identify the voice, but it's yeah. like, be pervasive yeah you know the most important thing is you know your voice yeah now your job is to find where does that voice connect with the consumer and everybody today needs to start with that on social media it's getting live on instagram and facebook or doing video posts or doing articles if that's your jam or blogs and putting it out there and seeing who's resonating right it always begins with like see like Put that conversation out there and see what people are saying back. Yeah. Do a short survey. After, let's say you do something live on Instagram. You talk about it. And at the end, say, hey, would you all fill out this questionnaire or this poll or this quiz after I'm done? Yeah. And you run that and you start collecting intel on what, what is it that people are discovering here, liking here, asking about here. Okay. And then your job from there is to understand what is, for you, what is that problem you feel like you're solving for them? Right. Or what's the problem they're sharing with you that they feel like they need to overcome? And then from, once you know that piece, everything can change. That gives you all of the intel you need to actually market it now and make an offer because you just use that language they're telling you. Right. To make an offer. And here's what I really want to communicate on this one. So that's the answer to your question. 
here's, here's what I really want to communicate, especially for those of us here who have an activist or a social element to our work. We often are scared that, you know, well, that applies to everybody or uh, we're scared that, you know, I can't sell that or I can't build a business on that. And I'm here, there's only one thing you need. And that is an offer page with a clear and compelling value-driven offer. Meaning, if you're like, well, will people resonate with this? I'm like, here's how you know. Put up a sales page. <laughs> That's how you're going to know. I, you can't... I, feel very, I feel very clear that this, you know, I've dreamed about this. I've done decades of work in, in so many ways that I'm just not going to go into right now. But it's so clear what this can be. I love be. it. How, how big and how much of a service it can be, which is truly what I want it to be. It's mm-hmm. just finding that inroad in the right way because I've been out of the world for a few ye- little years. <laughs> so I've just, I've kind of just working my way and I've no connection to social media. I will definitely get on it, but I have no one following me or friend. Two or three people yeah. have found me and I'm just treating them like they're 10 million <laughs> at the minute. Yeah, well, that's that. Give a round of applause for that. That's what you have to do you have to do and that's what you do you're going to start a conversation and when you start a conversation a community finds that conversation okay and when you have the community who's found that conversation and you do to build the business you make an offer it becomes readily apparent if your offer is right or if it's not and you learn to tweak the headline or the copy or the way you're explaining it but what i want to encourage everybody here is don't feel like you have to wait, you know, weeks or months or years to build an offer or a sales page. What I tell people, usually the mistake is they spend so much time building audience, 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 but they don't take care of themselves financially in that process, or they wait too long to get up a sales page to sell something where you learn about what they want. Because you'll never learn about an audience more than when you sell something. Because that will tell you what the real pain points are, what the real solutions they've identified are important. Because everything else is just your mission and your voice in terms of blogs or podcasts or social media. It's just like the output of things, you're not going to have an issue with that. The issue will always be, oh, can I build a business as we go? Exactly. And that's why I want all of you here, everybody here should say, you know what, by the end of, let's say, where were we at? By August 1st, I'm going to have something up for sale. Okay. Everybody can have something up for sale, even if it's just an ebook for yourself. You make an ebook on this topic, or you create a video course on this topic, or you just say, hey, we're going to do five Zooms. You know, we're going to do a five day program on this topic. Sign up here for, you know, $39. Okay. And doesn't have, you don't even, let everyone here, I told you this in our last session, you don't even have to have the product. <laughs> you have, you need an offer. So the offer might be, we're going to do it for five days, we're going to do a conversation and training on this topic. It's $39. Sign up now. It starts on, you know, August 1st or August 15th. And you just do your work, putting that link out there, getting people to sign up for that. Okay. So everyone can begin with a sale. The best advice I ever got in my career was, you know, I was a very, uh, my, my first 
seminar was teaching nonprofit organizations and entrepreneurs how to partner together. And so it was very kind of cause-driven, purpose-driven to spread impact. And I, I was doing blogs about it. I was speaking on stages about it. And finally, a mentor of mine said, what are you selling, kid? And I was like, whoa, I'm just trying to build this movement. And he goes, you don't sell anything? I go, no, he goes, you need to sell something or you're not going to make the money to sustain the message. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. So I think that's important. And you can do that. So get something up as an offer and see. Straight uh, away, just start doing that. Why not? Just as a challenge. What I tell people all the time is, as a challenge, sell something. Because everyone says, I'd love to be a millionaire. I'm like, okay, make your first hundred bucks. You know, just put it up. And if it's little, you know, if it's little, not pretty or hot mess, like my stuff was at the beginning. Oh, well, you learn. Okay, I will do this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for your work. Everyone loves, give a round of applause. We need that work in the world right now. Let's go. What's up? You're on here. Hi, I'm Denise. Um, thank Hi, you very much, Brendan, um, for everything you do. Basically, my question is um, about ebooks. Is there a specific um, guide to the size of the ebook? Um, no, you don't need to worry about that at all. Uh, you can just write your book, and then you're going to use a, a converter, and that will upload it into the format that that's required. So I know a lot of people worry about that, but again, I reference what was it called? It's called Caliber, C-A-L-B-R-E. Yeah. And basically you'll take a PDF or a Word document and you'll upload it there and it will grab the text and it will format it into that proper ebook uh, format. Right, okay, okay. Unless you wanna make it really pretty, if you wanna make it, you know, a, a, a really pretty PDF up front, there's a website called Issue. It's I-S-S-U. I-S-S-U. And that's a software program that kind of makes it look like a digital magazine. It's, you know, it's got, it, it'll, it'll help you make it really pretty. Okay. I-S-S-U. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Is that helpful? Yeah, that's very helpful. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Nice seeing you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you got the book. In the meantime. I'm going to unmute here in a second. But in the meantime, I hope that each of you will keep putting your message out there. We need people putting positive content and instruction. We need people being mentors. We need people being leaders. We need activism. We need your voice. We need it now more than we have ever needed. And I've said that all year. And I believe that to be true. And I think it's going to be all the way through this year. Hey, it's Brendan from the studio here. I want to jump in one more time and tell you about one of our partners, and that is Kajabi. If you've ever seen any of my marketing online or you have gotten an email from me or you've just admired kind of what we built by selling, you know, 20 plus blockbuster online courses or where I go live in my membership areas or how I accept money online now well over $100 million over the years. How do I do all that? I've always used Kajabi. It's spelled K-A-J-A-B-I. And Kajabi just helps online entrepreneurs take flight because we all have to do the same thing, right? We have to figure out, okay, how do I build a web page? How do I capture emails and send emails and funnels and uh, newsletters? How do I put content up that's for free, but also content up that's behind a paywall that I can charge money for? 
How do I build those membership sites? How do I organize my podcast or my blog? How do I accept money and create checkouts and order bumps and one-click upsells? How does all of that actually work? You know, if you're a life coach, how do you actually talk to a client and connect with them and schedule with them and serve them and give them a member's portal area? If you're teaching online courses, how do you actually put up the course and set up automations to sell the course and to trigger things like an email to go out when they successfully complete one of your modules? Kajabi does all of that. You even get templates that I helped build and I personally wrote to help you write even better emails to your audience. That's at kajabi.com, K-A-J-A-B-I.com. If you wanted the system that most of us in the thought leader or the expert economy really use and we've relied on for years, go to kajabi.com. Hey, are you on my text list? Did you know if you're in the US, you can text me at 1-503-212-6125. I actually have that text number on my Instagram account bio as well, if you want to go check it out. It's just 503-212-6125. Literally just text me and say, hey, Brandon, or text me and say anything you want to say. If you want me to see it, just text me there. It's 503-212-6125. And it's my exclusive text list. And if you're not on it, it's where I share some of my most popular episodes. Or if I drop a new YouTube, I send it your way. Or if I have some kind of free thing going on the internet, I give that exclusive link out to that group. So just go there and text me, 503-212-6125. It's kind of cool. It's back and forth. This is my community text number. So tons of my community share you know, insights about what they're learning from me or just want to chat back and forth. And I'm in there. My team's in there. We really just try to engage you on a different platform. It's super fun. And again, anytime I have something special going out, this is the first group to know about it. So just go text me at 503 212 6125.